Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode number four of the Lions Den podcast. I'm your host, Fatty, and today I have a very special guest, Mr. Michael Salib. I actually had the courtesy of growing up with Michael Salib. We're the same age. I've known each other for quite some time, and he's doing some great, great things right now. So I figured, you know what, have him on, pick his brain, see what he's up to these days. Uh, Mike, how you doing, man? Hey, Fatty, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, bro. First of all, thank you so much for giving me your time today. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. I uh, I love I love what you're doing here with this podcast idea. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. I hope it. Uh, I hope I don't screw it up. Everyone's telling me they they like the idea, so there's a lot of pressure to to get it right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a big one. I, uh, you saw when you told me, I was uh, I was so excited because yeah, uh, yeah. For me, like I I think this is something that I personally needed when I was trying to, since I started my own business, I've been trying to ask all the business owners to try to learn from them things. So it's it's so good that you're putting that together for people. No, I appreciate that. I hope uh, I hope it ends up uh, as, as me and you both wanted to end up. How was, uh, how was your quarantine though? What were you up to? Not bad. Just uh, thank God the, the, the weather is good. So I've been uh, playing a lot of... Uh, a lot of tennis, a lot of uh, running and stuff like that, but uh, it's can't wait for it to, to be done, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, for our listeners who don't actually know Michael, he played uh, varsity tennis at Max. So this guy's the real deal. He's just he's just trying to be like, oh, I you know I passively play here and there, but <laughs> probably on the courts every day. Yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's uh, you do what you can with the quarantine, man. I think a lot of people had the opportunity to hang out outside more, do more outdoor events, and man, like finding a bike right now is impossible. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I I tried to get into it this summer. I was like, dude, why are bikes like fifteen hundred dollars? I used to get them in a garage sale for like fifty. Yeah, no, that's a that's a bad one. I looked for weights, and uh, weights were oh, like man. a thousand, two thousand dollars for like yeah, uh, weights, weights. <laughs> Actually, there's um. I don't know if you know. Do you know who Steve Ballmer is? He's um, uh, he's uh, one of the co-founders of Microsoft. Yeah. So Steve Ballmer owns the uh, the Clippers. Uh, mm-hmm. So he right when quarantine hit, he bought every single player a home gym, and sent Ooh. it to their house. That's convenient. So imagine the luxury, right? Must be nice. Must be. Yeah, nice. it must be <laughs> definitely nice. But uh, yeah, no. Enough. Uh, enough of my small talk. Let's get right into it, man. Can you just tell our listeners uh, what it is that you are doing at this time? So, um, so right now we, uh, my siblings and I started, we, we've been running our own company, uh, called Orthoplex Solutions, uh, since 2015. So it's, it's been five years now. We, uh, we're a business consulting firm. Uh, we provide, we provide a bunch of services within that business consulting umbrella. Um, one of them that we, so we have like web design and development, uh, app design and development, social media management. Um, marketing and a bunch of marketing services actually so our our company as a as a whole we really are a, a a business consulting firm at the end of the day we we're not just you know we don't just um try to provide a website or an app we try to consult the business to really increase the the roi and make sure that you're we're increasing the efficiency of your business by giving you our products um so that's kind of our 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 vision for the for the business, and that's what we've been been chasing for the last couple of years. Okay, cool. So we'll we'll obviously unpack a lot of that um, as we go along. But what did you? What's your background educationally? What did you do in school? Uh, so 
I started um, after high school. I went into mechanical engineering. Um, so I did the, the co-op program as well at McMaster University. Um, so that was that was interesting for four to five years. Um, and then um, currently I'm doing my MBA at the University of Illinois. Oh, no way. I didn't know you were doing that. Yeah, I don't think. Well, like COVID <laughs> hit and, you know, no one really knows. Uh, you don't see anyone anymore. But, uh, yeah, I started it, I think, about six months ago now. Um, no way. So I have a little bit to go, but it's uh, it's been exciting. It's been a lot of fun. And obviously, it's all online. All online, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And how's that been, man? How's uh, how's the first six months been? Um, I I I'm enjoying it so much more than engineering, to be honest. Really? (laughs) uh, To to me, the the business side of things where it was always more interesting. Um, So I. the MBA knowledge that you you gain during the program is a lot of of case studies and and not just theories, kind of more dry engineering. Um, so it's it's been exciting for me. I'm learning a lot about marketing and 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 business strategies and management. So it's uh, it's it, it's been great for me. Now, is there a focus for the MBA? Like, are you concentrating in a specific part of business? Uh, yeah. So right now, uh, my one of the the two that I'm doing is marketing. Um, and then the other one I'm, I'm really still unsure, but, uh, um, I'm thinking about doing global business um, yeah, and seeing yeah. how that goes. Cool, man. That's, uh, that's really neat. Now is, uh, university of Illinois, they offer a completely online program. Uh, yeah. So their, 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 their program is kind of advertised in a way that like, um, it's more for people who already have, a lot of years of experience. It's not someone who wants to go to school and and go on campus. So they're advertising it as a as a an online program that fits your your current lifestyle, being you know a full time a full time employee or running right. your own business. That's pretty neat, man. I'm actually looking for something like that. That's why I'm actually asking you all these questions. I did a BBA in school, so I technically like I think I qualify for like some exemptions because I did a lot of the courses. So I don't know. I'm I'm definitely gonna explore that option. Thanks for uh, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, no, I I definitely recommend it too. So after this, uh, if you want to talk about it, I'll I'll let you know all all the details yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, what uh, what went into your decision to choose choosing engineering? Like, what did you know that that was something that you wanted from when you were younger? What what was your thought process? So to be honest, until until the very end of high school. I didn't really have a plan of, of what I was going to do. And I, I wasn't leaning towards engineering or, or really anything else. Um, I, I was playing a lot of tennis at the time. And uh, I, I, I've always wanted to take tennis to the next level. Uh, but around grade 11, grade 12, um, I had a lower lower back injury, uh, L5, like herniated disc. So for me, that kind of changed everything. And it, it went from... Um, you know, wanting to to take tennis to the next level to just saying, okay, you know what, this is very serious injury. I might need to get a career. <laughs> so I I uh, I was really unsure at the time. I applied to a bunch of different programs, business and sciences and engineering. Um, but when I when I really started looking into it with my family, um, we have three engineers in the family. So talking to them about it, they they seem to love it, and they you know they seem to be they told me why I, you know, it, it would be a good decision. 
Um, and I, I just took, I took the, I took their advice. I, I went into engineering. And I think you, uh, you made a good decision. I actually tell a lot of people, younger people to explore, explore the engineering path. And it's, it's a really sleeper career. I feel it's, yeah, uh, it's like, I think it, it offers you so much potential into right. switching things up later if you want. And, you know, having a stable job, if that's what you want or being an entrepreneur, like it, it gives you such a well-rounded, um, uh, career path i guess yeah and the best thing about it is it's a four-year program five year depending on what you choose to do but the idea is that you go in right out of high school you finish and you know you have your your degree you can get your png uh, later on and stuff like that but it's not like you know if you want to do you know a four-year undergrad then apply into a postgrad and then you know go from there so it's that that's kind of why i like the engineering side of it but to, uh, talk to me about um so you, you obviously did that at, uh, at Mac. You were in a co-op program, and uh, you did a co-op term at Magna? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So Magna is obviously uh, it's automotive, correct? Yeah. Okay, so can you talk to us about your your time at Magna? What, what was it like working in the automotive industry? So so I started at Magna in, in 2015. I was, uh, I was an intern there for 12 months. Um, and I got, you know, I got the job through the school and that's, that's one thing I always recommend for engineers is, is kind of going through the co-op process cause it helps a lot through your career. Um, but I interned there for, for 12 months and after that they, uh, we were working on a big project back then for the, for the Ranger, the Ford Ranger. Um, so we, we, we quoted that project that was kind of my full-time job as, as an intern there. Um, and once we won the project, they, they asked me to stay for a, a few more months. And then I went back to school to finish school. I came back and spent almost the next four or five years um, working in multiple divisions in Magna, um, in Canada and in the U.S. Uh, I lived in Michigan for a year um, and I flew kind of all over uh, Europe and, and, and South America, Mexico um, to, to do different projects. Uh, for me, Magna was so interesting, and working for the automotive industry was so uh, was so interesting because it's uh, it, it's almost the it's such a high volume manufacturing um, f- f- like workplace, right? Like you're working with such complex products, um, not necessarily with technology complex complexity, but more of the number of components that you're dealing with to, to put, a, put a car together or a, in our case, a chassis. And for, for Magna, quality is so important. So it's very fast-paced. Um, there, there's a lot of deadlines to meet. Um, but it was such a, in general, it was such a privilege for me to, to work with a lot of like the global OEMs, like Tesla. We, we got to work with Tesla, GM, Chrysler. And, and mainly for me, it was, it was mostly Ford as well. Um, so overall, the, the internship was was a, a great step into into that that industry into into the door. So it was uh, it was great for me. Absolutely, and it's probably you, there's probably countless amount of engineers and people that you know as well from you know your time at Mac, where they're definitely right now working exactly where they interned or something you know very similar that they only could have gotten having had the experience you know of where they did their co-op program would you say that uh, that's correct yeah exactly a lot of the a lot of the people that got internships 
almost all of them went back to that same company. Um, I mean, if they liked it, but um, it, it's probably the best way to secure your job uh, after university. And, uh, and, and, and you get also a feel of how that company is, the industry, if you're interested or not. So, um, yeah, no, it's, that's very true. No, perfect. So you did get to, I knew that you lived in Michigan, but bro, I had no idea you traveled all those places, man. Let's, uh, let's unpack that a little bit. What was the uh, coolest place you went? Um, I, I think the, the coolest place I went, so we went, to I had a, a trips to Austria and, um, a few places in the U S but I think the most, the most interesting place I've been to was, uh, Sonora in uh in mexico talk to me a little bit about because i i honestly don't really know much about this but what's the career path like for an engineer um so for me i know you get in you do like an entry-level role you gotta do, do your time almost prove yourself then you move up um i guess you like for us it would be like a recruiter then you could become you know manager next and you look into like upper management obviously they're on but what's it like for an engineer like uh, what's the career path like Mm-hmm. Like especially so, in a corporate setting. Yeah, so once you finish engineering, you have a few a few different ways you can go. Um, one is you can you can end up falling in love with the with the technical part of engineering. So that will kind of leave you into the you know academia research and and R and D in a big corporate you know company like Magna has a huge R and D uh, division in the U S. and you know, their work is very, very technical. So you need people that know theory and know how to apply theory um, so well. Um, the other path you can take uh, is the project management path. So that's kind of overseeing these big projects um, and, and making sure, you know, things are done on time, people are communicating, um, all this stuff, and you're kind of talking uh, with, the, with the clients and your, and your customers along the way. And the third path is that you don't do anything like you, you go into a job that has nothing to do with engineering whatsoever. And that's, you probably see that a lot too around with our friends that, you know, finish engineering and they never worked in engineering in their life. Right. When Um, you said that, uh, there's like two on the top of my head. I think you might know one of them as well. Rotimi. Oh yeah. He's like, well, he's like had like consulting right away. And I think my boy, um, Mike Biani, I don't know if you know Mike. Actually, you do know Mike. You went I to the same for me. Yeah, yeah. So Mike as well, engineer, but I would have never, like, unless he didn't, like, uh, had he not told me, I would have never guessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's so crazy how, how you can go through the pain of the four years and then, but you realize, you know, through the four years, whether that's something you want to do or not. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, for, for career path, you either one of those things um it's it's very similar right like for project management uh which is the one i'm more uh, familiar with and that i've done um you know you start off as a coordinator so you start coordinating small projects here and there uh start helping out a project manager um with with overseeing you know the 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 budget the presenting different uh stuff to the customer and things like that to growing into being your a, a product product engineer um and then from there you go into project management and then you start overseeing these these big projects including the budget and the timelines um but yeah i mean it's it it can differ so much uh, between where you end up going and which company you're working for but 
at the end of the day, it, it, it's um, it all it all goes to what you want to do and, and which path you want to take. No, for sure. And um, it, I guess with every single career path, you have like all those different options to go. I think for me, if I was an engineer, I'd probably go towards the project management. I feel like that would be my uh, my thing right there. Yeah, and and you know a lot, a lot like a lot of people say that when they're they have good people skills, like um, the technical uh, part, you know, R and D are usually or research um, are more people interested in, in little details uh, more than talking to people and more than you know um, you know trying to sell an idea or or meeting things on time and looking at the big picture. So it's it's just different preferences really, but. Yeah, I can see you being a, a project manager for sure. <laughs> Maybe one day. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so last question before we move away from the engineering thing. I want to know what it was like to live in the States for a year. Um, honestly, it was, uh, it, was, it was an amazing year for me. We, um, f- regarding my job, I, when I moved there, I made the decision, I think, within only a few days, right? Like I <clears throat> uh, someone... Like I was told about the job, and uh, I applied right away, and ended up moving so quickly. Oh, wow. um, so yeah, for me it was uh, following my gut kind of thing, and I knew it was going to be a good learning experience for me. Um, but when I was there, I got to work on really cool projects. Like we completely went away from the chassis uh, part of things for the vehicle, and I started focusing on on uh, mainly the body of the of the vehicles and the battery trays. So I worked with some exciting projects for uh, electric vehicles that were coming up at the time. And um, it, the, the job there was very heavy on, you know, real engineering. Um, so it was, it was nice overall. And I think the experience in Michigan living there was, was amazing. I got to meet, you know, completely new set of people um built a lot of good relationships you new know, culture still, still keep in touch with them um so it's just it, it was it was a great experience overall yeah new culture for awesome. sure as well in the states i've been to the i've been to detroit a couple times very very different than than being in mississauga ontario for sure <laughs> yeah exactly i i love downtown detroit and uh i loved where where i lived as well i lived in rochester hills there um it's a it's a really nice area so it, it it was such a nice balance between the the suburbs and the downtown as well, um, but yeah, overall I, I I'd probably uh, live again in Michigan, uh, you know if I if I get the chance it's uh, it's yeah. a great place to live. It's also relatively close to home, like it's not the furthest away. Obviously, you have Buffalo that's close, but I mean like, who wants to go to Buffalo? You know. <laughs> um no let's let's move on from uh from engineering and and talk about honestly the the reason why i brought you here is because i really did want to learn more about this and um so let's let's just get right into it so you guys started your business family business in 2015 so that's five years ago when did the idea sprout like when did it come about how did you how did you guys decide who whose idea was it? Who's gonna take the credit for this one? Ooh, no, I, <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna answer that one. No, no I, worries. I, I, I think, was just uh, kidding with that. I think uh, the idea overall was was kind of all of us together. We we all had the same dream, and it's it's kind of to run our own company, to be our own bosses. Um, kind of what every you know every person I think 
wants that at some point of their life. For sure. Um, so 2015, you know, I was still in, I was doing my internship at Magna. Um, and I think it was just an exciting idea for me to, to try and do my own thing. And, and I, I feel like we've always came up with so many ideas, you know, me, my siblings and I, as well as like me and my friends, you know, we, we, we'd sit there and just brainstorm product ideas and this and that. So I just felt like, you know, we all felt like this is something that we really wanted to do. Um, so we, you know, we just thought we'd do it. We incorporated the the company and we, we started brainstorming how, how we're going to make it happen and how we're going to make it grow. And, and just went from there. What made you guys choose to go to the management consulting side? So um, I think over our experience, we've had some serious like, experience in engineering you know and engineering firms so like uh, magna and for example and and samsung and and you know big big companies for automation and things like that so we've seen uh, you know what it takes to to grow a business and to keep a business big and and work on client retention and 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 things like that and for me i know my sister and i were very interested in the project management side of things and same with my brother, like he's a, he has a designation of a, of a PMP, uh, like a professional project manager. So he, I think that's what it stands for, but I think it's project um, management professional, yeah, but it's the same thing, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So for him, it was, uh, for us, like we knew we wanted to manage and we wanted to learn so much, um, and apply that what we're learning to grow someone else's business, to help someone else's business. Um, so we, our, our theory is always like up until now, we're always taking random courses online, um, learning new things from videos and other businesses and asking people how they're doing things. And we're trying to gather all that knowledge and start helping others kind of grow their own, their own business. And, and yeah, I think that's, that's, how, that's how it all kind of came together. That's cool, man. No, for sure. And um, so you guys obviously had gone together. Um, well, you've been together your whole lives, obviously, bouncing ideas off each other. You all ended up in engineering. You all started a business together. Can you tell me about how you guys each bring something different to the table, even though your educational background might be, um, you know, the same or similar? I'm not sure what uh, exact engineering your siblings did. Uh, but, you know, based on your experience coming from automotive uh, and then the industries that both uh, Fetty and Maggie worked in, can you talk to me about the different aspects that you guys bring to the business and how that helped you or helps you moving forward? Um, yeah, I, I think I think um, we're pretty similar people in general just because we're, you know, we grew up together around the same people. We all end up kind of having the same personality in a way. Um we and and this is something that we've discussed so many times over the past five years is you know who's who wants to do what and who how we're gonna break this up and kind of thing you know who brings what to the table um, but I think overall we've like we all do it together it's it's all been a, a team effort in general um, my my uh, the way we've broken it up lately is is you know, I'm the, I'm doing the business development. I love dealing with people a, a, a lot. And, uh, 
uh, for me, business development was something that I've always wanted to do. I did a little bit of that in when I was in, in the States at Magna, uh, trying to present new ideas and creative um, designs to Ford and seeing how they take it and things like that. So I've, I've, I love that part of my job. So I knew I wanted to do business development. Um, my brother is obviously the, the technical guy. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's very smart in terms of, you know, coding and solving problems. And, uh, he's also great with customers. He's, he's had so many loyal clients over the past couple of years that he, he grew that clientele also. Um, and, um, my sister as well, she's, she's very organized. So it kind of, she's a, a project manager almost, uh, she has a lot of experience in operations and marketing. So it's, it's all come together and everyone's doing a little bit of everything. And as an entrepreneur, you're, you're always putting almost like all your time working, <laughs> which For is, sure. it, it's crazy, but you know, it's a, uh, it's a team effort at the end of the day. Yeah. For sure. No, absolutely. So a lot of people, like I'd say most entrepreneurs, and even if you take the sample of my guests, two of my first three guests had started their own business or, you know, gone the self-employed route about eight to 10, eight to 12 years into their career. You're pretty, pretty new into your career, I'd say under five years. So when did you know that this decision, you know, like this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pursue this full time because I have, you know, a vision and I think that it's going to. It's going to work out for me. When did you know and, and talk to me about like the decision itself and some challenges that you had to or roadblocks you had to overcome? Yeah, so you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty early in the, in the career to to to, to, to leave a full time job and, and to leave the benefits and the bonuses and all that steady stability that you have um, to kind of go in and, and risk things. Um, but for us, we've almost worked, you know, we've had our full-time jobs uh, over the past while and, and we've been working on this part-time. So we've made sure to get it at a, at a pretty solid place where we have, um, you know, loyal customers. We have a lot of projects going on um, to the point where I can almost mitigate that risk, you know, think of it as... Um, like the the timing of of doing it for me especially was um, my sister left and she started doing it full time um, a few months before me or maybe a year I, I don't remember but she's got it to such a good place as well where we we grew our clientele even more and we we it was not that risky for me to to really leave because I I had the vision we knew what was working and what wasn't so. Um, it was a good time for me in general. I, I'm doing my MBA right now, as I said. So I also was thinking like, you know what? This is a good time to to apply what I'm learning as I'm doing it. And like, it's just hopefully all falls into place. And, and so far it's been so, uh, so great. I mean, uh, we've been definitely growing a lot more. Um, and yeah, but it's, it's, it's a huge risk still <laughs> no for sure for sure and and uh, i want to ask you like when it's your own business like you know as opposed to when you go into work you have your objective set out for you you know you know what you need to get done but when you're working for yourself you have to you have to create these objectives and the, these tasks so can you tell me like 
how did you find a groove if you even did find a groove yet but do you know like are you comfortable now with knowing what like what your objectives are where you need to look for your next thing or how to approach like like growing the business for example increasing your clientele exactly yeah so so for us it that's probably like what you just asked is probably the toughest part of of any business like it's for uh, sure it's so crazy um for us it, it took a while to realize what works and what doesn't and understand um how to how to perfect um client retention and how to keep people from from you know just being a service provider like i said oh i'm gonna make you a website or make you an app um to no i'm gonna change i'm gonna i give you so much more value so for us until we found that that sweet spot um we we have a lot more of a defined goal now so we understand exactly how what we need to do today in order to be at a at a certain place in a year from now and this this kind of went through to do this like we went through the um the sales tunnel uh the sales funnel which kind of goes from you know the the people being aware of what you offer to people being interested in what you offer to people making a decision you know to to go with you or not and then to the action of them actually going with you um so what we found is that like obviously the bigger your your funnel is at the top the more people you have aware of your product um the more people you're eventually going to close deals with so through understanding that conversion rate from prospects to loyal clients we've really understood more what we have to do to get to a certain place and and we've put through that we've put some goals for our, ourselves over the next few years that we're trying to achieve and um every day you know almost every day including weekends we're working towards those specific goals for us for sure and uh when you are setting those goals and those i guess metrics for yourselves how do you how do you guys know what to set or where do you read books on this stuff like do you read up on articles listen to podcasts what's your like how do you get your information yeah so like you said uh, we i now the mba is kind of forcing me to read a lot <laughs> so i'm reading a lot of journals um about business and and stories like this um but for me i uh, i think the most valuable experience i'm also getting in terms of what how to set these goals and stuff like that is is talking to people who have done it and um again like this is why i think what you're doing is so great is because you're you're putting together all the information for someone to be able to you know listen to some of these things and understand what people had to go through to get to where they are and how they plan things um but for me talking to business owners that I've met even through Magna and family and friends um they've helped me understand how to set these goals and and um you know one one thing that I found about a goal versus like a vision is a goal needs to be realistic in my opinion like um it it needs to be something that you can achieve and celebrate that that small win even if it's a small goal but you know you make sure you you reach it uh, versus a vision where it's something a lot bigger that you're you're working towards in the long term and you're thinking that you know my business strategy is put towards that vision 
Um, anything that I, any decision that I make along the way needs to go towards that vision. So it, it's definitely, it helps to read and, and, and watch YouTube videos. And I think the biggest learning experience also is actually doing it. Um, I think we've, we've set some goals at the very beginning that we did not meet. Um, and then we, you know, you look back and you have that feedback loop with yourself thinking like, why didn't I meet this goal? Was it not realistic? Was it too big? Um, how how can I improve my goal setting for next time? Absolutely. Uh, talk to me about building a clientele because I feel like additional to what you said earlier was the toughest part of the business in terms of like setting your objectives and, and tasks and responsibilities. I feel like finding clients is also like uh, quite the task as well because so I, I did – Right out of school, I got my insurance license. So uh, it's your license to sell insurance, but you got to find your own clients. So I've been on the the cold call market. <laughs> how do you like? How are you guys cold calling? Are you just is it word of mouth? Are you advertising? Like how are you guys going about your building your client base? So uh, that's a good question. Like uh, for any new business, what we the strategy we went with is, you know what? Where we have a full time job. Um, we, we have this company that we're trying to grow and, and we're asking ourselves the same question. Like, am I going to start cold calling every business and try to convince them about, you know, that I'm, am I selling them a website? Am I selling them an app or, or am I just, you know, trying to go with a broader image talking about business consulting? So what we found is that the first two years, because we had full-time jobs, we were able to do a lot of work. Um, to build up our portfolio. It's so hard when when you have almost like no experience and an and empty portfolio and you're trying to sell someone a product or a service. Um, and that's why like, you, you know, now you see any app, almost Airbnb, Uber, they, they rely so heavily on, on the rating system um, because you're, you're trying to have someone trust you by just looking at, what you've done and, and what people are saying about you. So we've we spent the first two years building up that portfolio by doing projects for almost for free for charities and families and friends. So going from there, um, we found that word of mouth was such a huge factor for us because we, we found that the more of a, of a, the better the job we do, for whatever it is that we're doing, whether it's a, a consulting job or website or app, um, the better the job, the more people are going to talk about you. Um, and to me, that was the biggest turn in, into how we look at business development uh, because it, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, let's let's spend $1,000 this week to run ads on Facebook uh, and try to get, get phone calls or let me just sit down and call 40 people today to try and get a, a job because that's not what I'm trying to do. Um, the, this type of thing, what we found is it might get you a, a, a website or, or something right now, a project that you'll, you'll do now a one-time fee and that's it. But to get that loyal client um, and, and to keep that client forever, we found that you have to show them how excited you are and, and how you've, how you've grown so much and, and, um, and how excited you are to, 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 to really work on, on this, this product for them. So, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm going in circles, but the what I'm trying to say is like, um, so far it's been a lot of word of mouth because of the the high quality part aspect of things and being excited to work with that uh, with that client. Um, we we are experimenting a lot with with again what works and what doesn't, and this is like an ongoing thing for any business. Um, but I think. The, the best way to get these these clients to stay forever is no matter how you get them is show them how excited you are and 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 and, and that customer service to make someone feel good and and see the value in in the service you're providing i'm gonna i'm gonna challenge you to something i want to i want to do like a little activity i want you to give me an example of like a sample business that would come knocking on your door for your service and um pick one of your services and or a couple of your services and tell me like how you would handle that or what you would do for that client. Sorry. Can you repeat that again? No worries. I, I confuse myself saying it. So <laughs> I want you to give me an example of like a sample business that you deal with, like um, given you know, the service that you do and what kind of services you would do for them and how that brings value to their business. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a great question. So, um, I guess an an example of this would uh, maybe be uh, a school, for example. So, um, if we're working with a school and you know they're coming to us for for business consulting uh, or you know a website or whatever it is, um, first first questions we asked is is what like what is missing? Like, are you not getting enough applicants? Um, are you are your prices too high? What are your pricing? How are you? How are you actually functioning and how are you operating and what's your strategy? Um, from there, we, we you know, if they're trying to implement an online, let's say, platform for education or something, um, you know, we, we take a look at the current situation of, of the business um, in general. And then from there, we start recommending all these different options and how they can really get engaged like how they can get parents engaged into their uh, kids' education, for example. Um, so, I guess it's 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 a it's a broad way of it, of of saying things. But um, no matter what the business is, we've dealt with pharmacies in Canada and the U.S. Um, and a lot of people want their end goal of of getting a website or an app is to increase their sales, um, especially pharmacies, for example. So if, if a customer comes to me and tells me they want a pharmacy app, for example, um, I'm going to question so many things more than, more than just making them the app or quoting them the app. Um, it's more going to be like, are you really, do you really need that for your marketing purposes? Are, are you having, um, like, what are the problems you're having and how are you operating and how do you think you're going to market that app? Because I can give you the product but then I'm going to make you pay all that money and it might not be, it might not get you a conversion rate to, from someone that downloads the, the, the product, the app to someone that actually comes into your pharmacy or orders prescriptions online or, or, you know, does a transfer or whatever it is it might be. So it, I guess as general as it is, but there's just so many things that clients sometimes they're looking at the end goal only um, without looking at that process. And we help them see how they can get from where they are now, which is something they don't really think about when they come to us to, 
to how they can get to that end goal. Um, and then that's the business consulting part of things that we do. That's super cool, man. So you guys pretty much get in there, you you get all the details, you find ways that they can make their you know process more efficient and better and just improve their overall functionality. Um, so I guess that's, have you found that like there are, I guess that's kind of a super question. I'm going to call myself out on that one because you started a business in that field, but it's crazy because you would think like a lot of businesses might not see the value in spending money in a service like that. And, and a lot of them don't, right? Like a lot of people tell like, um, and this is part of the rejections that we, we get sometimes when someone tells me to, to quote uh, a business or uh, an app or whatever, and then we try to explain that we need so much more to get to where they want to be. And then, you know, they don't want to pay for certain things that, that will get them to, to that place. So if I, if I do an app for a, for a pharmacy, for example, without helping them through all the other steps they need to promote that app and to get there in terms of sales and marketing, um, then, then I'm just going to be almost stealing their money. I'm going to be taking money away from them knowing that they're, that's not even going to succeed. So I'm selling them a product and not a, a value, um, a proper value. And that was, that's, I mean, that's part of it is it's a lot of people are, um, they, they look at things as they are, um, without thinking about the big picture. And if your job as a business consultant is to actually show them the value and, and help them understand why this is actually something important. Um, but overall we, we've had great success with, with the conversion rate, um, like getting people to really understand the value of what we offer and, and how this works. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's a challenge. It's it's so tough to, like you said, there's a lot of a lot of people who are stuck in their ways, don't like change and things like that. So it's uh it's something we're we're always fighting against. Uh, I also feel like you have to be a bit progressive and forward as an organization to actually see value and invest in those kinds of services. But they all have shown to be beneficial to the business to operate better. So, I mean, it, some soon enough, it's going to be a service that most people are going to be doing if not already you definitely know more than i do there but i i want to ask you this question that i've asked every guest because this is something that i do want to learn about you know people with entrepreneurial minds did you have a mentor growing up uh, or someone that you looked up to that maybe influenced you to be where you are today yeah for me it's not a it's not one specific person i i believe that like every person has it, 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 the way they are now is is based on just their stories and and every single moment they experienced and and the decisions they made throughout their life. So for me, I think the people that had huge effect on on me in general are are definitely my my parents. Um, my mom is a, is a very creative person. Uh, my dad runs his own business, um, and then my siblings they're they're such a good support system as well. They they always tell me to take risks and follow my gut and things like that. Um, I've also had my, my tennis coach uh, back home. He, he taught me a lot of the, about discipline. So I think he's, uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of credit there as well. Absolutely. Um, but in general, like now thinking about it, not, not necessarily growing up, I was looking up to this person, but one, one person that I, in, in the business world that I look up to 
is is the founder of Southwest, um, the co-founder of the Southwest Airlines. Um, he he really created a, a company that has such a strong foundation, um, and and he created a culture based on people and, and things like that. So I've read a lot of a lot about it um, over the past couple of years, and there's just it's amazing how the the people skills and 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 building a strong culture and community in the workplace um, can can make such a big difference in business in general. So I think that every person starting their own business should have someone like that to look up to. Uh, and the younger you are, the better. You know, to 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 start motivating yourself with someone like that that you know built such a strong community and, and a strong culture that the com- your company can stand whatever, you know, it can adapt to whatever it c- comes in the way. So um, this is, it's really someone that I, I looked up to uh, over the past couple of years. That's, that's really cool, man. It's, it's always good to have someone from your personal circle, but I always find that like um, most entrepreneurs look, look up to people who've made it and who are successful and look at the way that they did it and try to almost emulate it a little bit. But um I have a couple more tennis questions for you before we can end this. <laughs> Go business well, I, business wise, we're done. So now it's just <laughs> we're kicking back, like no need to be nervous, you know. No, I'm just kidding. But um, first question: how How did it feel to actually, at some point in your life, consider taking a sport to the next level? Like what What does that mean from a discipline perspective, from a commitment perspective, and um, from like a I guess a, a physicality slash diet perspective. Like, what does that mean for somebody? Uh, yeah, the tennis is uh, tennis is a very tough sport mentally and and physically. Um, like mentally, you're on the court, you're on your own. No, no coaching, no, no someone else beside you. Because I played singles, um, and and physically, it's just insane. Like the, the amount of twisting and running and the conditioning you need to do to be in shape to to be good at tennis is is ridiculous. Um, so for me, I, I I've had a very good career as a junior. Um, I was I was I was in the top top players in 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 Egypt, um, and I come here to Canada and and I, I still did really well. Um, and then injuries hit, you know. Um, for me, taking it to the next level meant that I need to, you know, breathe and sleep and and do everything in tennis. Like um, yeah. you can't you can't have uh, too much fun with friends and and uh, have a beer or, or, or burgers and stuff. Like to get to that next level, it's it's full on dedication of your whole life. Um, I didn't. I, I did that for a bit, obviously, but um, the, the the moments I wanted to take it to that whole other level as well, where I'm traveling and and playing international, um, injuries really came in the way. But I think it's um, it, it, the discipline part teaches you so much in life in general, not like not just the sport. So for me, it's. Uh, it's taught me like life lessons and I, I'm pretty sure you can relate to from basketball, right? Like you just, 
you love the sport so much and it, it ends up affecting your life and the way you you think about certain things and the way you do your job even like absolutely and i was actually going to add to your thing to your point about uh, life lessons that you took obviously playing in singles there's nobody who's gonna be held accountable other than you so obviously when you translate that to being an entrepreneur and having your own business your ability to be accountable your ability to you know make a mistake and then recover because when you're on the court there's no one else is going to be there to pick you up. You make a mistake, it's on you. You got to you got to find a way to recover and and the same thing with a business even though you're in a in a partnership, you need to be held like you need to hold yourself accountable as I'm sure you know. You don't want to be in a business setting where, you know, your partners or you are unapproachable because, you know, you can't be held accountable. So it's a very very important skill set uh, and I'm sure there's, you know, plenty more um, that you could have taken away from tennis having played at that high level as well. Yeah, no, you, you brought up such a good point. Like the accountability stuff, it's it definitely. I'm definitely a type of person that would try to uh, solve a problem before he lets others find out about it, <laughs> and uh, that's definitely it has some effect from the tennis tennis life I've had, and my siblings played as well. So we all have that that uh, you know try to do it yourself um, before getting people involved kind of thing. So it's. Uh, it's been interesting seeing how like sports have been affecting my life and yeah you said like my business decisions and stuff like it's uh it's crazy yeah for sure and the last question before i let you go who's your favorite tennis player and why Ooh, um so my my personal favorite is is nadal and uh a lot of people don't don't like that answer because uh you know he doesn't uh, look that pretty when he's playing like Federer and and things like that. But for me, uh, I I love his uh, his fire. Like he's just uh, he's so he's so focused. Like you'll never see him smiling or something when he's playing or or mad or anything. He's just in his zone. Yeah, he's dealing with his issues and and he's just staying focused on his one goal, which is to win that next point that he's about to play. For um, sure. No, it's, Obviously, uh, the other guys are insane, but you know, for me, he's always been my personal favorite. To me, Nadal is Cristiano Ronaldo, and uh, Federer is Messi. That's whichever whichever way you go. I could be wrong completely on that. I just feel like <laughs> yeah. more from a swagger, like uh, from a passion perspective, like like you'll see Ronaldo be more outwardly like passionate about something. The same way mm-hmm. you'll see Nadal screaming and fist pumping and jumping. But Federer is just so composed, but so good. Yeah, no, that's 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 such an interesting way to look at it, and yeah, no, that's. Uh, and I never actually, thought about it that way. And yo, it's funny. I was actually gonna laugh. I was trying to hold my laughing because right when you said you're like a lot of people don't really uh, like Nadal. I literally have Kirate in the studio right now, and he's like, he like word he like mouthed to me. He's like, did he just say Nadal? <laughs> and, and then he just shook he shook his head too so i was that i was trying so hard not to laugh there but it was so funny it was so ironic but uh but yeah let's i think his favorite is bianca andreescu but we'll get we'll get him on the podcast to to tell us exactly who his favorite is but uh mike thanks so much man i i really do appreciate your time uh you know explaining to me a little bit about your your engineering background um and obviously teaching us about engineering but then obviously moving into the business consulting um before i let you go i just want to wish you fetty and maggie all the best of luck in the business um i commend so much you know that you're just able to leave your job and 
and do this and pursue this and see something in it. So I really do wish you guys the best. Um, and tell them anytime they want to come on the podcast, man. They're very, very welcome to. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I really appreciate you inviting me uh, for this podcast. And I, I think, again, what you're doing is, is so great and so helpful for so many people. So I, I hope you uh, you find great success with this one. Awesome, man. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks again and uh, have a good night, dude. Sounds good. Thanks, Vady. I'll no talk worries. to you later. Take care, Mike. Have a good one.